Hey everyone and welcome to another amazing episode of Books and Shit with me, Charlie Author. Uh, today is going to be a special uh, kind of episode because you know, you're not just going to be listening to me rattling on just talking about things that I find really interesting. Okay, um, we're actually going to have someone who a little bit, a lot, maybe kind of does know what they're talking about. Okay. Um, <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, I've definitely been really excited um, to try and get people on that come from more of a quote unquote professional um, standpoint, as opposed to us that are just kind of, you know, shitting in the wind, right? So, <laughs> so that's what we're trying to do today. And I have a lovely guest with me today. Um, I have Laura from Smash Bear Publishing. Um, quick intro before I allow her to, to do the rest of the talking. Uh, Smash Bear is an independent publisher that I uh, follow on Instagram. Um, and I had a few kind of interactions on the, the page. So I reached out and, and, you know, got this together. And here we are. So over to you, Laura. Let us know about yourself and then smash bit. Okay. Oh God. Okay. Um, yep. <laughs> so I, uh, I have a background in uh, creative writing. That was what I studied for my undergraduate. Um, so publishing just kind of seemed like the natural progression, I suppose, in my career. And I always, you know, I've loved literature. Like I like. But I was one of the original tryhards. Like it's been years since like I've like been reading. So I have always loved literature. I've loved books. Um, and yeah, when I started Smash Bear, I just kind of thought, well, what do I like to read? And then just kind of went, okay, fantasy and urban fantasy. Let's go with that. Um, and then we just started Smash Bear, just completely out of the blue. Like it was so random. I told people, and they were just like, what do you mean you're starting a publishing house that's so weird and I was like yeah yeah it's pretty random but here we are <laughs> so no 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 I'm, I'm definitely I'm sitting here nodding in to myself because um, I did creative writing for my undergrad as well and one of my you know the stories I constantly tell is I did English because I liked English I enjoyed English but I didn't necessarily understand what I was supposed to do with it and I don't know yeah. like um you know different circumstances schools whatever I personally just wasn't kind of exposed to what English could be or where English could take you so whenever I mm -hmm. said family members or friends oh you're studying English cool do you want to be a teacher no <laughs> that yeah the one all the time <laughs> what English could do and I just felt really kind of like oh if I'd have known or realized maybe a bit earlier I might have done publishing or editing or freelancing or whatever it was so you know for you to say you, you'd studied the same and then you know I just kind of that's the way to go it's like how did you get into that space because I bloody didn't like how did you know that that was kind of the thing you wanted to to do was there any kind of push or uh well, I, I used to always say I wanted to be a writer, like that was my big thing, I wanted to be a writer or I wanted to go into publishing, those were the, like the two options for me, um, because basically I've, my family is very STEM focused, like when I was growing up I was told you're going to university and you should do a STEM subject, like that's kind of the option, so when I said I wanted to do an arts degree, um, I was you know, I needed to justify what I could do yeah. with that. Okay. Um, so I did have to do a bit of research into career paths to not have, like, just be completely ridiculed by all of my family. <laughs> um, yeah. But, and that's kind of where I learned about publishing. And then I, actually on my creative writing degree was when I discovered I do not have the patience to be a writer. <laughs> I don't 
don't have the patience to just sit down for months and work on the same project I just couldn't I struggled it was struggle squad central just could not focus on it that's just so amazing to hear because it's the complete opposite for me like when you got your you know your modules or you know throughout the year and it's like pick what you your elective sorry that's the word I'm looking for and you Mm. know the journalism part and you know when we did the kind of creative as a business part I was like "Mm, no (laughs) stop me I just want to write stuff do you know what I mean it's like we just have been opposite sides of the two of the same coin at at school because I was just like no um I don't get it I don't want to do that but I just want to write you know but even that I didn't think how to be a writer it was just like you just write it and it prints right (laughs) is that it is that it where did you go about you know the research for going into to publishing initially and then jumping into doing it essentially yourself um so like I said I had that like foundation of I would do creative writing and then I would perhaps do a business master's which I ended up I did do I did project management as my as my master's um and then hopefully that would give me um some like practical experience as well in managing teams and stuff like that um but we did have a like a professional module on our course yeah um and I dropped out on the first day like we (laughs) so bad like they were basically just wanting us to do their market research for them we didn't have anything to do with copywriting or professional writing it was literally just look at all of these other universities websites um, and tell us what's common in them and how we could relate that to our website and they had to organize like a whole project that had nothing to do with creative writing or publishing or anything like that and it was just really weird so I dropped out on the first day I was like not happening do not like that um but we actually had one of the good things I will say about the course because I didn't really get on with the course but one of the good things (laughs) that we did happen that did happen was they had a guest lecturer come in I can't remember what publishing house she worked for and that's gonna (laughs) that's gonna um kill me in a minute because she wink wink didn't publish Bridget Jones's diary so okay got you yeah so she had like a lot of like on the job experience which was kind of like a first for me like interacting with someone from the industry and she was so lovely um but she did let us know how difficult publishing is as an industry to get into she was like you're gonna find it's mostly and this is a generalization that I heard from her like I don't know how true this is um she was like it's mostly just middle-aged white women who um you know they've been in the industry for years this particular editor she went in as a uh, production assistant or like in the mail room and then just like worked her way up um over years and again I don't have the patience to write a book over a few months let alone work away up through a company for years um and I always kind of knew I wanted to start my own business I don't really take um orders very well yeah um, a bit of an authority issue <laughs> into the choir as it were like um yeah I'm the same sorry continue <laughs> yeah so uh I yeah and um I just got made redundant from my job I actually quite liked it I was a real estate agent kind of thing lettings agent I actually quite enjoyed it because there was a lot of the project management kind of side it was like managing a portfolio I was kind of in my element there was tick boxes everywhere mm-hmm. it's great yeah. um but I got made redundant because of COVID so it was really yeah. sad and then I was literally just sat down and went yeah why not 
it's, it's, it's crazy. I, I keep saying it, but it's just so crazy listening to you speak because it's just like you're just me on the other end in terms of things you studied, how you feel about working, the stuff you do like about working. COVID jumped in, suddenly had this, you know, not huge epiphany, but this just moment of, yeah, F that. I'm moving on to the thing I like, I want to do, I'm going to focus. And obviously for you, it's it's the publishing house. And for me, it was it was the writing. So, you know, same thing, being made redundant uh, during COVID and that initial four months, you know, after the, oh my God, how am I going to pay my bills and not die? Um, yeah. That, <laughs> it was, you know, it was, you know, the, not really bad place, but just in a bit of a, a weird funk. And yeah. Um, came out of it kind of thing and I found such you know just so much more happiness in and joy in having the time to do what I wanted to do and it was so, even though it was it came out of a horrible situation it was such a, a breath of fresh air so hearing you know someone else going through that same thing is just like wow mm. you're talking to me girl you're, you, you're talking to me <laughs> um I think if you know pulling it back to like the course and stuff like that I think our creative writing course even you having someone from a, a publishing house or you know come in we didn't have things like that I think our main claim mm. to fame was that lady uh Faye Weldon are you aware of her yeah she was a lecturer it sounds familiar yeah she, she was a lecturer there and it was just like she was the you know the head of the art department and because she published yeah. one kind of non fiction book on how to write it meant she was the be all and end all of what it was oh, don't you know, there was just nothing else. And I think, you know, coming from in my perspective, if there had been that someone who came in and said, oh, mm. I'm English and this is what I do, there might have been a better understanding of the other of the other part, yeah. um, which which would have been definitely helpful. But yes, uh, <laughs> your um, journey then. So obviously deciding to uh, start Smash Bear, two kind of questions. So one is, when was this? Like, what's our timeline? When did you start, etc.? And two, I guess, more of a you know professional businessy side. How does one do this? Because and like pause. How does one do this? Because essentially, if I'm putting my own money into my own book, and then am I not a indie publisher? I just haven't given it a business name. But is the mm. not essentially the same thing? Do you, do you get what I mean? Yeah. Okay, I actually have given this a lot of thought. Um, so <laughs> we officially opened May of 2020. So Ooh. that was when we like officially announced everything. Um, and at that point, I thought it was just going to be like this little project that just like that filled the time until I had like a proper job. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that, you know, so we're coming out for a year, which is really exciting. And we're actually in the process of signing more authors. Um, so we're probably gonna have oh god how many have we got nearly 10 by the time we're a year which is just insane um just like a side note on that it's just insane that people trust me <laughs> we're not even over the year but okay um <laughs> i'm so bad you can trust us we're fine um and then yeah i would consider self-published authors as indie publishers you're publishing your own work um I don't like when you register your books with Nielsen and um, it does ask you for an imprint. I'm not sure how you registered that, if that's just like um, yourself, like your name. Um, but yeah, I would consider indie publishers their own. The same. Yeah, I would consider, yeah, I would consider self-published authors as people, as um, people, as, yeah. a, <laughs> as publishers. Publishers, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're publishing your own work. 
so the difference is literally just putting it under a, a business name giving it mm. what's the word I'm saying you know signing up as a business all that kind of stuff and tax and blah, 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 blah. so in terms of obviously we uh, do it one way and there's so many different avenues and I'll probably have an episode on that as well um a lot of us have kind of gone the uh the Amazon route the mm. uh, KDP route just because it's a lot simpler and you know everyone else is doing yeah. it, so you kind of want to be on the back end. um you know there's other things you've got Lulu and you've got um uh Ingram Sparks and, and all this kind of thing who have these kind of um you know just in-house here's a free one and do your copyrights and and that kind of thing yeah. um you know did you have any kind of prior knowledge or understanding of that stuff or was it kind of a learn on the job once you decided to do this oh it was a learn on the job I had absolutely no idea about <laughs> anything um I was actually when I first started in a bit of a panic because I was like how am I going to print books like I don't have a printer I don't have a warehouse I, I can't keep all of this stock and obviously you need to print a certain amount of books for it to be anywhere near like economical um yeah I was in a bit of panic and then I found out about KDP which is actually what we used to print um and it's obviously distribution as well so that's just so much easier um and that was like a weight off my shoulders <laughs> but no I, I had absolutely no idea it was um and this is again why I would say self-published authors are publishers. Um, I was reading a lot of self-published blogs, like um, how they went through their journey, what they ticked off. There's a lot of great advice from self-published authors who've been in this industry and published their own work. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like a, a foundation for what I've built Smashbear on, mm-hmm. which I think is really good because we built it from the author's perspective, from... Um, even someone who's not with like a traditional publishing house, what would they want from their publishing journey? Um, and I think that really reflects with our authors and how they like Smashfair now. Because we are, I would say we're probably one of the more courteous houses when it comes to editing okay, and, right. and titles and, and that kind of stuff. So as, as obviously you can see me, so we're, <laughs> we're, I'm writing stuff down as we're talking, but I don't forget. So this is Books and Shit, so we're very open and honest about this stuff. I want to mm-hmm. talk money. <clears throat> I want to talk cash. Um, <laughs> in terms, so different different sides of that. So in terms of what you have kind of put forward, um, you know, not figures, but in terms of what's the the look of, you know, I want to start this thing up. I'm going to invest X to get printers. You know, has it been a trial? Did you kind of, I don't know, save up? Did you have a bank of mum and dad injection you know what was what's that kind of journey like in terms of setting this up financially um so god okay um (laughs) before lockdown me and my friends have planned a two three week trip around south africa and it was going to be you know no expenses barred this is our last hurrah um as because these are my uni friends like we you know love each other let's just go and blow all of our money um in South Africa um and it would have been great like if COVID hadn't happened I would have gone been lion cubs I would have gone shark diving I would have just yeah had a you know gone seen giraffes uh it would have been great yeah um I was meant to be in Brazil last year so yeah It was going to like be the kickstart of my traveling journey, like traveling around the world as I've always wanted to do. And then COVID. Um, and then I had about 
two and a half thousand pounds just sitting in my account and I was also saving up for a house at that time as well um so you know I, I just kind of had this lump of money in my account mm-hmm. so that was really easy it was just basically what I'd saved from working mm-hmm. um and that just kind of progresses I was also very lucky to have a good network of people so um wrote like Sophie who did our logo she she's also one of my friends from uni she uh she did she was on the creative writing course um and then I was on like the girl to graduate page on Facebook and so I managed to get a lot of our initial um staff from there I'm very lucky as well that people are willing to work for free (laughs) um experience is everything I think in this industry especially if you want to get employed by a bigger publisher you need editing experience um so the opportunity to work on live projects I think was too good to pass up for some people no definitely so we've got we're saving for something else and this just happened (laughs) that's all we got from that but essentially Mm -hmm. do you have a lump sum of money that is obviously going to be helpful so you know listeners going into this with your eyes wide open get your money up right so that's one. then we've got networking you're lucky Mm -hmm. enough to have your friends from uni obviously like-minded individuals created a a team um how big's your team is there three four of you on us uh so (laughs) we're huge now it's insane basically um I had to do the website and I'm very bad at uh, web design and I'm very impatient I feel like that's a running theme throughout this so I only put the publishers up on the website because I can't bother we now have about 50 staff um yeah we've we've grown um it really takes a village yeah um (laughs) And I just really couldn't be bothered to put them all on the website. And I know that makes me like a terrible boss, but when someone else does the website, we can have everyone on it because they, the point of this is unfortunately we can't really afford to pay anyone because like I said, we're still in the red. Yeah. I don't know. We're in debt. I'm in debt to myself. I haven't paid myself back yet. <laughs> um, and I'm also, isn't it? Hmm? No, I'm just saying that's the price you pay, isn't it? Like, yeah into something it's just the it will hopefully my money is gone before um I get any so (laughs) (laughs) no yeah and they um sorry include what you know you've got publishers editors who are who yeah so we've got obviously Maria and Zola who are on the website who are like the official other publishers um we've got Belinda who's our chief editor who I said I'd put the website and then never got around to (laughs) <laughs> sorry Belinda um and then we've got basically just everything we've got our social mar- we've got social media marketing teams and that's put up down into Instagram Twitter and Facebook no TikTok opening a TikTok now um we've yeah, got that. we've got our PR team which um has done all of our book tours which I love um we've got the editing team we've got acquisitions we've got our authors mm-hmm. um it's just insane how big this like has grown in, it's lovely but it's weird <laughs> I don't know I can imagine seeing you know same coming from the same perspective of you know starting something my books your your business it's just lovely to see your baby kind of you know to to grow kind of thing mm. um so going as I said I keep making these notes because I always forget this so we've got the money we've got the network um in terms of so most of my uh, listeners are indie authors so in mm-hmm. terms of an indie author listening to this and they're like okay cool um we'll talk about kind of what books you you talk you like and that thing in a moment but you know wanting to submit to to you mm-hmm. what makes you different as a publisher 
considering obviously we just touched on the fact that essentially we're doing the same thing do you get what I mean why yeah you (laughs) to to help with their journey yeah uh I think this comes in like two forms essentially it's um time and money so I think there is a big move now especially with KDP um and Ingram and Lulu and there's like quite a few other um, print-on-demand publishers coming out now or services coming out um that obviously self-publish authors can write their work get it all done and publish it themselves keep all the money some people don't have the time to do that necessarily but they don't have the time to research all of um these extra bits like isbns and taxes and you know fill out all the forms they don't have time for that um maybe they're working full-time or they just really don't want to um, you know there's nothing wrong with that like if you're not an industry expert like you're not some people just don't want to really like touch it um so that's a couple of reasons why someone might come to us money as well when you're self-publishing um I think you need a, a good sum of money to get a decent editor um obviously coming from like our background um we would probably have a network of people who are experienced in editing who might do it for free or for like less but if you have never been in that environment you've never had anything edited it's I I would say it's almost like a culture shock like having someone (laughs) experienced tear through your work like we literally have authors kind of just sit down and go Mm -hmm. oh oh okay like editing is intense and you know you need money for a good editor unfortunately and um some people just don't have two three thousand pounds lying around um for multiple edits and sometimes their work needs it um and then it doesn't sell and they're like because we accept previously published work um I'm not I don't understand the stigma around it to be honest um and I'll look at some of these manuscripts I'm like (laughs) there's a lot of spelling mistakes in this um or it just needs a developmental edit like things just need moving around a bit um so there's a lot of reasons why. So I think from like a business side, there is that. Um, but from like a personal standpoint, I think when people first start writing, they almost idealise getting a traditional contract. Like that's what you're told yeah. you want from, a, from a, a, an author. Like, you know, you want that contract. You want to be recognised that someone has picked your work and said, this is good enough yeah. to sink all this money into and take the chance that it is good enough to publish um so that's like on the clinical side of it yeah from my personal standpoint um I work on all of our projects so you know I like I try and emphasize this we only pick what we love like we've rejected so many manuscripts that maybe have been pretty good but we just kind of as a team we're not we're not like passionate about it no one's no one's like like fighting to publish this manuscript so we're just you know kind of like meh and also if it doesn't quite fit the genres like I would consider myself a genre expert in urban fantasy because it's almost all that I read um (laughs) so if you have an urban fantasy book you might want that experience as well like there's not many urban fantasy publishers so that's also why someone might come to smash that I mean, I'm going through my own kind of query process at the moment. My um, current 
book is is with the editor at the minute so I'm just doing those edits and you know slowly starting on book two yeah um and putting together a, a query submission pack kind of thing you know synopsis blah, blah 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 and you know the the lack of of fantasy uh, publishers agents in the UK is just it's it's out of this world like <clears throat> I mean I was lucky enough to kind of fall down the rabbit hole on Twitter and you know I found a, a few on their own and you mm. know follow follow and then it does that thing where you know if you like this person follow that it person starts, yeah and suddenly it all opened up and I was like oh my gosh I've been on my phone for about an hour just pressing follow and I've lost track of who I was even following so you know they are out there and it is it is helpful mm. but it's almost not you know um exposed or, or put out there that that mm. in fantasy um and I think now as well uh the kind of as I said the genre and that age group um uh, sorry it's like a gray area now so YA mm. is huge thing at one point um and now things are YA but a bit risky as well so like where's the NA or where's the spice <laughs> got a bit of spice now do you know what I mean it's like I've what was I reading some a blog or a post the other day and mm. they were saying there needs to be a new genre of just Sarah J Mass fantasy in the sense of do you know what I mean as in it's, yeah. it's kind of all right but there's some dirt in this <laughs> there's probably some, not appropriate for 16 year olds but exactly young adult somehow but young adult somehow it's like just tittering this weird line so it's it's been really interesting um trying to find authors that maybe are in that current 2021 headspace as opposed mm. to very early on and just being middle-aged white women who think they're cool and think <laughs> they know what needs to be out there or think what needs to be written yeah. you know I was even looking at some of the um the male agents or you know my mm. agents and stuff and you know a lot more of those have got YA in their in their bio and you're like okay okay so you know yeah, loving mm. it loving it so yeah that's that's been an interesting an interesting time is okay. it urban fantasy you you guys were going on to that part now is it just urban fantasy or uh no so I you know urban fantasy is like my thing like if someone gets me an urban fantasy book usually that's a safe bet yeah. um I'm a lot pickier with fantasy um I prefer high fantasy. I want swords and mages and magic. Um, Lord of the Rings never actually really caught me. I'm very much like a modern fantasy kind of person. Like Aragorn, loved peak. Anything truly Canavan, I love it. Also, just a side note, um, when someone sends me a submission and they only have male authors in the bio, that is a concern. Okay. Like I can list male and female authors the off the top of my head if you're only reading male authors like Lovecraft um yeah. I have concerns yeah yeah, yeah just yeah. as a side note here <laughs> so no, the, sorry to, to cut you there no, is sorry. this um I wouldn't say stigma but this thing around the fact that high fantasy is only men and that's you know I mean off the top of my head you know you already said Trudy Carnivan who I've just devoured all of her books like her I love her the initial oh gosh it's gone out of my head the five gods one um you know the oh, two, I can't think of it now. have you not read that one? Oh god um, no the first series I read of hers was the magician's guild the magician's guild yeah Zania that was yeah. that was just out of this world she's got a um I think I read it afterwards but the series came out before that and it's three um I think it's three books it's like gods of the five or five gods something along those lines right yeah and it was the world is the world is amazing it's massive it's all high it's all the creatures it's all the magic it's all the stuff um and even her newest one um it's like sorcerers something 
it's losing me. It is losing me. But she's really happy. on my shelf, actually. <laughs> like, and it's one of those ones she had. She takes so long in between um, publishing them. You have to mm. read every time she comes out because I have no clue what happened. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. there's that. And then most recently, there's been um, uh, Samantha Shannon. I've been really impressed by mm. um, with, um, you know, Priory of the Orange Tree. Massive, massive, like 800 billion page book with all the dragon, yeah. you know, all the LGBTQ representation. Like, it's just, it's out of this world. So like you said, having just focusing on high fantasy and it being guys, we've moved out of that now like doing I mean I would say even that. Sarah J Maas she writes high fantasy like she does yeah with with the different levels of um, at least Crescent City I would say is high fantasy it's high yeah fantasy. yeah definitely um and I yeah like you said I wouldn't put her really in YA um and I also feel like there's a stigma with YA so I know I would completely get off track from that question but <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I feel like if you mention a YA book people are like really like they're good books like and that really annoyed me on my course when people would be like you like twilight or yeah. Fifth shades of gray really like i didn't read Fifth shades of gray but <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. like just because it's commercially successful does not mean it's a bad book like mm-hmm. obviously it's commercially successful because people enjoy it and there's nothing wrong with having books that people like yeah. like it's just not that's what you want me thinks it's you know the green monster coming out like you're just jealous no 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 100% I mean I can see it from from both <clears> sides <throat> because um I wasn't of the twilight era I, I mm. was um like my before that I was very much Harry Potter wait sorry to ask how old are you I'm 23 there you go so I'm I'm 10 years older than you right so okay. <laughs> I'm 10 years older than you so my kind of you know fandom when the books came out I'm reading it today um, was Harry Potter, right? Um, the mm. Twilight era kind of missed me, but obviously I saw the films, I got it. I also missed Percy Jackson. I didn't oh, get into that at that point, you know, but I've seen the love for it over the years and you've got, you know, 20 plus year olds, 30 plus year olds, oh my God, I loved it when I was a kid. And I get that and I appreciate it. It's wonderful mm. to be able to still appreciate, you know, the middle grade or the YA that you had when you were younger. Yeah. Um, but with, when you mentioned the, the you know, the Green Eyed Monster kind of thing, I will definitely say for um, Fifty Shades, hundred percent. That's jealousy because let no, I'm sorry, they're not good. Okay, they're not good. Yeah, I've not read them. I can't judge, but a lot of people said the writing is bad. <laughs> the, the writing is that what we're calling this? No, I've read them and I watched them, but and they are terrible. They're absolutely mm. horrendous. But as you said, people enjoyed them and they were guilty pleasures. And if that woman is going to get all the success over people enjoying her book, then that's great. I have nothing against that. But when you, as a writer, so on my end, when you are sitting and kind of laboring over something that you mm-hmm. want to be good and you want to be, you want to be as best as it can be. And then yeah. you're this thing that just, you know, it's just, what do they call it? Mum porn? Uh, when it's just <laughs> mum porn just blowing up. Yeah. Like, what so what I could have just wrote this and just been a gazillionaire I don't I don't understand <laughs> so no yeah, there is the the divide between sorry my hair's getting my hair's on me there is the divide between commercial fiction and um like literary fiction I suppose um and it's a struggle sometimes picking because you know as a publisher we kind of know it's our job to know what's going to be commercially successful but it's also 
I feel almost like a social responsibility to make sure that we are putting out manuscripts that represent everyone. And obviously at the minute, commercially successful means very white, very mm -hmm. tame or spicy. There is really little in between. Yeah. Um, and it's very, just very old, very set in its way. Yeah. Um, so I know that's going to be commercially successful, but is that I want to challenge that. Yeah. I want to be putting out books that everyone can look at and be like, I find myself in that book, mm -hmm. but also maybe specific people who haven't had a lot of representation in the past, just in like minority communities or LGBT communities. Yeah, um, I would love for them to have their main characters in our books. Yeah. Like, um, I just think that'd be great. Um, and that's something that I really am trying to work on at the minute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the industry is very set, very set and is, judgmental. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's very, I mean, in an industry full of women, what, what are you going to expect? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. But you know, no, it's pretty true, to be fair. Industry of, of women, you know, I'm sorry to use the word, but you're going to get the, the bitchiness because, you know, it's just one of those kind of catty um, environments, yeah. you know, just without the... the the testosterone um but what i think is is another thing that i'm definitely conscious of obviously being a black female writer is mm -hmm. you know what um i'm guilty of going through my querying um list and seeing who i might want to submit to and stuff and the minute they say oh i'm looking for underrepresented voices and da 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 da, da and you're like okay so it's your work it's fine okay it's a very like, fine line to try it yeah exactly and it's just like if you want to read uh, you know, diverse voices and diverse stories for the purpose of reading them and wanting to find a significant and substantial story for that, then fabulous. If you don't and, you know, just want to do it because it's the thing right now and it's a fad and you want to be the person that found that next brown book, then, mm. and it's like, I, as I said, mm -hmm. I'm guilty of seeing that on the page and thinking, okay, cool, I'm going to use my black card and send it to that person. <laughs> Um, but then in the same breath, I'm like, no, because I don't want to. I just, you know, I just wanted to submit to somebody who said, okay, I want, as I said, urban fantasy or speculative fiction. That's what I've written, so I'm going to give it to you. I don't want mm -hmm. it to just be this thing because, oh, I'm definitely going to get a shoe in because I'm brown. Like, it's just, it, it's just such a weird line of being the submitter. Yeah. Being the right submittee. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, just being worried about who's got the right... Um, headspace about representing yeah. someone and it not just being for the fun of it if that makes sense yeah I mean we I guess this is kind of good we don't know who's submitted the work if that makes sense um so as much as we do call out for um minority groups to submit to us um I don't know who you are I don't there's you know I don't like we don't really have many agents contact us so and obviously the agents usually meet um the authors so they'll know obviously um we don't we just get an email from someone um and with work and then that'll go on to I don't even look at that that'll go on to our acquisitions team mm. and then they'll filter it through so I don't I don't know who submits to us to I think that's definitely got that like non-filter element because obviously you're you're brand new and all this kind of stuff mm. and you know, not to say that other agents do have that and have that screen and it's just that kind of the feeling of do you really like it or are you trying hard to like it because you know it's just this it's yeah. weird kind of situation but um so kind of um segueing onto that so what are your next steps for smash bear actually no pause 
Sorry. I did actually want to know. Why smash bear? Why that name? <laughs> I don't have a good story for it. I really don't. Um, this is a good story. <laughs> I guess it's a bit of an expose funny story, but um, I just really like bears. <laughs> um, for no really particular reason. I just think they're really cute. Um, I would probably risk hugging a bear if I could. Um, really um, I had a tattoo of, I actually still have a tattoo I had a tattoo of a bear I got it covered up with another bigger big tattoo of a bear very Where very can I see it oh, it's on my leg I'll send you a picture <laughs> I need to I need you can't we can't talk about it I'll send it. you the before and the after yeah. <laughs> I love it. So, okay loving bears so why are we smashing them I don't, I don't get it don't um get it. I just thought it sounded catchy to be honest like smashbox yeah. okay um and yeah I just I'm so bad with naming things I don't think I've titled any of our books that's always been someone else who's picked the title out okay ironically rarely the author um <laughs> so what's my book what's it called I don't know what <laughs> literally <I'm... laughs> we might say oh it's a working title yeah yeah we have a working title and yeah. I'm just like I love it so no 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 it, it is catchy I mean you know I'm following it on online and stuff so mm. it's, it's it's great but I love the fact that there's no story there because you know sometimes there's no story actors or whoever on screen is like oh how did you come up and it's like oh yeah a fairy just fell out the sky and then I just became famous and you know they just have these really mm. kind of just silly stories about yeah and then this just happened and I was great and like no bitch what happened mm. <laughs> we get here <laughs> so I love it that. was marketable and I was like I love bears <laughs> no no I really do love that so as a lovely little wrap-up thank you so much for your time today Laura um let um my lovely listeners know um you know just about uh submitting to you what you're looking for and obviously where they can find you kind of online and all that kind of stuff Okay, um, you can find us on our website, um, www.smashbearpublishing.com. Feels weird saying it. Um, and basically every single social media on Twitter, we're, we're smashbearph on everything else, just smashbear publishing. If you're submitting to us, please read the submission guidelines. Like, I cannot mark work that has not been given to us. If you don't send a covering letter in, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know what's happening. Um, and we've got multiple projects running at the same time and we need a breakdown of everything. So please just read the submission guidelines. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I just want you to read them and submit according to the guidelines. Yeah. That's it. That and as a PDF, which is on the guidelines, but people always get confused. Okay, cool. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put all these links in. <laughs> all the yeah. everything. Read yeah. the guidelines, guys. Read the guidelines. That's it. Read the guidelines. You know what? Through my own kind of steps and stuff, I cannot tell you how many times I've read that. And it's just, you know, why are you not reading the guidelines? I mean, you think you it was common sense. Yeah, you would think it was common sense. I mean, you're not setting yourself up really well with the, with these people if you're not gonna <laughs> do the bare the bare minimum, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like we're just oh, and also, sorry, this is just something I didn't want to say. When you're in the process of submitting we are judging your whole demeanor your attitude and how you interact with us okay. like because we need to know that you're going to be a, a, like a good fit for the team mm. um and it like we've literally had really snooty people be like why haven't you read it yet it's like because I've got 50 other books full books to read yeah. um and we've got to have meetings on stuff like it's not like I can just say yes yeah, so this is good yeah um yeah. so be patient um please don't email me every week 
um, and I'm judging your whole demeanor. So, yeah. um, you know, I will reject people for just being a bit, bit snooty, overzealous, or snooty, or yeah. <laughs> no, thanks so much for speaking with me today, Laura. It's no, and as I said, I'm going to put all the details about um, Smash Bear in the descriptions. So everybody who's listening today, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, make sure you comment and like and share and subscribe and all that good stuff. And let us know how you found the episode today. So great stuff. Thank you. Bye. No, it's fine. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.